Welcome to Family Bible Hour, a broadcast of the Sunday morning worship services of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 46 through 56. The title of the message today is Mary's Song. And let me just, if you will, give you a little bit of a kind of an outline of the next couple of Sundays. Next Sunday, we will have our Christmas musical, and it will be about uh, probably 30 minutes long, and then I will follow with uh, a third in the Christmas miracle series, a third message. The title of that message is Joseph's Story, and we're going to speak of the role that Joseph plays in all of this Christmas story, and a magnificent role it is. That's next Sunday. And I do hope all of you will be here and bring someone with you. On the 22nd, which is the Sunday before Christmas, we always have a, a service with what we call our Christmas communion. And so we will have communion on that Sunday, the 22nd, and it will be our, our final Christmas celebration. And uh, on that day, uh, the title of the message is <clears throat> The Christmas Miracle. We're going to actually see uh, the uh, joy of Mary come to fruition. But today, we are looking at Mary's song. That is the title of the message today, Mary's Song. I read this from a, uh, a father who was concerned about <clears throat> the um, political correctness that's going on around Christmas time, and that's been happening for many years now. To avoid offending anybody, the schools dropped, this father writes, to avoid offending anybody, the schools dropped religion altogether and started singing about weather. At my son's <clears throat> school, they told the, uh, they hold the winter program in February and uh, not in December around Christmas time. They have the winter program in February, and they sing um, these memorable songs like Winter Wonderland and Frosty the Snowman, and the guy goes on and he writes, and, and of course my favorite is Susie Snowflake. And then he says, all of this is pretty unusual because we live in Miami. And uh, you know, I don't get that, really, that, that we celebrate something that doesn't affect any of us. I, uh, I'm sure that they play I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas down in the uh, mall, malls in Miami. Well, Nathan, Caroline, y'all live down there. I'm sure they do that down there, don't they? And, and the only white Christmas they've ever seen, they have to go to, uh, uh, to the beach uh, to see it. But um, it's kind of an interesting thing. Our country, and increasingly so, has come to fear the true meaning of Christmas. Now, I'm not going to go on the uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, jag regarding this, but I think that he is right in that we have this tendency to want to neuter uh, Christmas. We've come to expect that, and we, we expect it now, that nativity scenes <clears throat> are no longer allowed on courthouse lawns, and, and we kind of understand that now because it's happened for so long, even though most of us grew up when they were there. We kind of expect that you're not going to have nativity scenes or anything that mentions the birth of Christ in public schools. And the, the idea of Christmas 
in, in the public sector uh, generally, and certainly in those, those halls of learning, will have nothing to do with the reason for the season, <clears throat> which is the birth of Jesus Christ. But thankfully, the message of Christmas is still heard in some places. It's heard in retail places. That's always one of the greatest blessings of the year for me, is that I'll be in a retail store, and they're playing music that we sang on Sunday in our church. And I, <clears throat> I just love that. And other venues as well uh, play holiday or, Christ, or Christmas music. Now today our text is about a song. That's why I've been talking about songs. And it's uh, a seasonal song. It's a Christmas song. doesn't sound much like a Christmas song. I don't know what the, the um, melody is, but... Um, it doesn't sound like I asked my uh, <clears throat> my two-year-old grandson yesterday. Um, I said, uh, "What does the fox say?" And he said, "Ring, ding, 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 ding." <clears throat> we we <clears throat> get stuck in our heads the things that we we do uh, know about and that we do expect, and you can still hear some of that, I guess, at the mall. But but. Uh, this song that, uh, that Mary sings, we don't know what it sounds like. <clears throat> we don't understand what the, the music would be that's put to this, but this is Mary's song. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1 and verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he is mighty, uh, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to, to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He is, has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever, and Mary remained with her, that is with Elizabeth, about three months and return to her home. Well, probably not the catchiest of tunes. I, I don't know that it would make it to any popular stations, but some, some very meaningful uh, words. And today, we're going to answer three questions about Mary's song. They're very familiar questions. We're going to answer when did Mary sing this song. And then secondly, we're going to ask what did Mary sing. And then finally, why did Mary sing it? So first of all, when was Mary singing? Well, <clears throat> later in the sermon, we're going to see why Mary is singing, but I'm sure you already know. When she was singing is also crucial. She was visiting her cousins, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they were to be parents of a man to be called John that we would come to know as John the Baptist. And that too had been a a miraculous thing because Zechariah and Elizabeth were old enough that they didn't feel like, and in fact they knew that they, 
they couldn't be having any children. So it was going to be a miracle. They were going to be the parents of John the Baptist. Something had happened in Mary's life that brought about this visit. And upon her arrival, there was a demonstration of the power of God. Now let's go back and review that just a little bit in Luke 1 and 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, that is Elizabeth's baby, John, John the Baptist, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let me pull over and say this, that you'll recall that when Gabriel told Zechariah that his wife was going to have a baby, said that baby will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the mother's womb. It appears to me that this is the the time of that filling of the Holy Spirit. And she, that is Elizabeth, exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So now we know where this took place. The song took place when Mary went to the home of Elizabeth for a couple of reasons. Why was Mary there? Well, first of all, Mary was there for a family visit. This is a time of year that we think about visiting family, and she was there for a family visit. If we could go back in time, we would probably discover that family probably had more meaning to it than family does today. Now, I'm not saying that your family doesn't have meaning, but I'm saying back then, on average and seemingly across the board, family had more meaning to it. For a long time, uh, the family unit included more than those who just lived in the household. And for a long time, those who lived in the household were not just those of the immediate family. There were some extended family. And visits to and from family members was a commonplace, and it was, it was part of recreation, and it was, it was a part of just the social structure of that day. You went and you visited family. I can remember the day when there wasn't internet. I can remember the day when television wasn't very good. I can remember the day when there weren't a lot of outside distractions. And uh, we did a lot of visiting family. Some of you can remember those days. Uh, for me, we, uh, <clears throat> I still have vivid memories of visiting my uh, Aunt Ruby, my Uncle Frank and Aunt Ruby at their house. And I can uh, visit uh, or remember visiting uh, Uncle Benton and Aunt Lucy's house. Aunt Ruby lived in the country, and Aunt Lucy lived at the Macon County Jail. It's the truth. <clears throat> Her husband was the sheriff of Macon County, Tennessee. Back then, they, in those small counties, the sheriff lived at the jail. And so Uncle Benton and Aunt Lucy, uh, they lived at the, uh, the jail. And I can remember... Uh, the meetings at those places and going to be with family there. I can remember standing on the corner. I, I'm guessing that some of you young people have never had to stand up 
on a corner, at the corner of a table and eat a meal in your life. <clears throat> but when I was a little boy and, and there were too many hogs at the trough, uh, one of us had to stand up and it was usually me. And I stood right at the corner, typically, between mother and my daddy. And uh, there were a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one was so that uh, I would eat and, and keep my mouth shut because my daddy, I can remember my daddy threatening to smack me. He said, I'll smack your jaws till they ring like a dinner bell. I can, <clears throat> I can remember my daddy saying that. And I can remember my daddy doing that. I'm, <clears throat> my, my head <clears throat> rattled. But we would visit, and I, I remember visiting my, my aunt's house and their houses and the smell of cooking and <clears throat> eating at that corner. I remember one time at Aunt Lucy's house at the Macon County Jail, we had so many people there that uh, there wasn't any place for anybody, any of us little kids to eat. So they let down the oven door. The oven had cooled off. They let down the oven door, and they made a little table on the oven. Any of you ever ate on an oven door? They, they let down the oven door, and they made a little table there, and they, they put our plates uh, there, and I ate sitting on the floor at the oven door. Caroline, don't you feel sorry for me? You don't feel sorry at all, do you? No. <clears throat> but I can remember all of that. Back then, uh, we ate uh, we, we loved it. We ate three big meals a day, and all the adults died young, and we loved it. <clears throat> it was just outstanding. I think that Mary's visit uh, to Elizabeth and uh, to Zechariah was probably for the purpose of making a, a visit to family, like some of you are going to visit your family at, at Christmas time, or like you visited your family at Thanksgiving. So it was a, a family visit. It was, secondly, it was a fortunate visit. As we know, Mary was pregnant herself, and she was engaged, but she was not yet married. We've, we're going to talk more about that next week when we tell you Joseph's story. She was a, a virgin. She was a virgin who now found herself going to have a baby. She was pregnant. And how many people were going to believe that? That this woman engaged to Joseph was going to have a baby, but she was still a virgin. They just, people just wouldn't believe it. People still don't believe it. <clears throat> there are a lot of people, I'd say more people than not, still have a hard time believing or just flat out don't believe <clears throat> that Jesus was born of a virgin. The validity of the virgin birth and the probability of the resurrection and the fact of creation are not going to be a part of some people's belief system. They're just not going to believe it. It's just not going to be a part of their lives. And the reason that it's not is because they do not choose to believe it. That's one of the big things we have to understand. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for. I do not, and you may, but I don't, I do not have a, a belief system that is based on a logical presentation of proof. I got saved when I was eight years old. I didn't even understand there was such a thing as logical presentation of truth. What I understood was Jesus died on the cross for my sins. What I understood was that I was a sinner. What I understood was that sinners go to hell when they die. What I understood was that the only way to not go to hell when I die was to go to heaven and to ask Jesus to be my Savior. 
You say, well, how much theology did you know? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That was the extent of my theology. That was all that I really knew. And I'll tell you exactly what I prayed. I can remember my prayer of salvation even today at, at age 63. I can remember what I prayed 55 years ago at the age of eight. I prayed, dear God, I'm just a little boy. I don't know what to do. Please save me. Now, I want to tell you something. I was saved that day. And I'm going to tell you something else that I found out. I found out that you can't go to hell trusting Jesus. And so for all of these years, I have been saved. It was was necessary to me. But I, I believed on that day when I was eight years old. I believed on that day, not based on some logic and critical thinking, but simply based on the fact that I believed. Macy's department store is one of the most genius uh, marketing um, companies in the world. If you walk into Macy's in New York, you walk into the store and, and up hanging in a, uh, in a very conspicuous place is a red sign with gold letters beautifully written, and all it says is believe. And people will go in there, and people who believe in themselves will go in there and say, wow, that's cool. People who believe in, in something else at Christmas will say, oh, man, isn't that cool? They're encouraging kids to believe about Santa and so on. And, and, they'll, they'll do, and then believers, guys like me, we'll, we'll walk in and we'll say, wow, how cool. They're encouraging you to believe in Jesus. <clears throat> Everybody has a belief system. Everybody believes in something, but not everybody believes in Jesus. Mary was pregnant, and she could have been the subject of scorn and rejection. So it was probably best for her to be away for a while. And so she went to be with Elizabeth. And she ended up staying with them for three months. Her visit was a family visit. It was a fortunate visit. And it was a faithful visit. I think Mary was there because she had been sent there. In fact, I know that she was there because she had been sent there. The angel of the Lord told her of Elizabeth that there were now, who was now six months along, and she's going to, we'll see this in a few minutes, but but this was Mary's cue to go visit family. With Elizabeth six months along and Mary staying there for about three months, it's likely that she went to stay until John the Baptist was born. She just went to be with family to try and help out. And that's the way it is with family. You you try and help out. I've I've referred to to Ron and Jane Williams, little granddaughter that was born a couple of weeks ago. Her name's Lily Jane. And Ron travels a lot in his um, business, what he does. He does a lot of travel with his business. And I was with Ron and his son, Jeff, and they were discussing when the child might be born. Lily Jane was actually born a little early. They were discussing when the child might be born, and, and it turned out that, that Ronnie had some really important meetings right around. Uh, the, the, that's correct. They had some really important meetings right around the, uh, the birth of Lily Jane. And uh, Jeff 
looked at uh, his daddy and he said, I know somebody's not going to be real happy if you're not in town that baby's born. And he wasn't talking about Jeff, he was talking about Chelsea. And I'll be honest, Chelsea's five foot nothing. She may not even be five foot. I wouldn't mess with her. You expect family to be there when it's time for the baby to be born. Just family's going to be there. We sure hope that we're able to get over to Jacksonville when, when our little uh, granddaughter uh, is going to be born in May. We, we want to get over there for that. Richard and Sandy, I know you want to be nearby when that baby's born. I understand that. Good grief. Well, that's kind of what was happening here, is that Mary went on this visit faithful to her family and to her, uh, the, the information that she had received. So Mary's visit was, uh, when, where was it? Well, it was at the, uh, the home of, of Elizabeth and Zechariah, and that was a family visit. It was very fortunate for Mary as well, and it was a faithful visit. Now, here's the second thing. What was Mary singing? It's rare when you come across someone who doesn't like music, but there are some people who just do not like music. Now, there are a lot of people that do not like certain kinds of music. Um, you know, the, you may not like certain kinds of church music. You may not like certain kinds of, of whatever kind of, of music it is. But it's rare when you find somebody that, that just doesn't like music. I did meet a guy one time in, uh, in Gold's Gym, and uh, I was working out in one of the rooms, and he was in there with me, and, and they were playing some just awful song, and just it was just killing me. And uh, I don't know, I said something, you know, funny, like, I wish that would blow up or something like that. And, and he said, you know, I just don't like music at all. I wish they just wouldn't have anything. I don't like any kind of music. I'm like, whoa, dude, I never met anybody that didn't like any kind of music. But he didn't like any kind of music. I don't know what Mary's song sounded like. Maybe it was like a slow church hymn. Maybe it was a happy tune. Maybe it sounded like country music. You know, maybe it was something Charlie Daniels could have done something with. Could have been hip-hop. I don't know what it sounded like. I mean, I really don't. All of, all of what is has been out there forever, so I don't know what it sounded like. It could have been, you know, it, it could have been blues, uh, Brother Steve. I don't, I don't know what it was. But I'll tell you what, the words communicated some great stuff. Here's, here's what the words communicated. First of all, God is good to me. That's what she was singing. Mary's song sang, God is good to me. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit, <coughs> excuse me. I started to sing, got choked up. Um, <clears throat> my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he is mighty and has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She said, God has been good to me. Mary had no clue that God was going to be good to her, but God was good to her. There were other girls who were virtuous, but they weren't chosen. She was chosen. Elizabeth had told her that she was blessed of all women, and Mary sings of that blessing. And God was mindful of her and was doing mighty things in her life, and she just had to sing. 
She just had to burst out and sing. She just had to. God is good to me. How, how much do we sing of just how good God is to us? <clears throat> what do you do when you get overwhelmed with the goodness of God? We're talking about the birth of babies, and all of you have an experience with the birth of babies. When our first grandchild was born, Paul at that time was dating Lindsay. He wasn't <clears throat> engaged to her or certainly not married to her. He was dating her. And Paul was in Argentina. And so <clears throat> Bradford was born, and, and we went through all kinds of, of things. And, and I remember that I, David and Sue Bowler were in town, and, and I probably drove 80 miles an hour down Miccosukee Road to get to the hospital and they were holding on for dear life and and uh, sue was confessing all of her sins and and <clears throat> i mean we were fired up we were about to be grandparents and we got there and that baby was born and i just was just had lost myself in the joy of everything and I was kissing everybody. I'm not a kisser. I got a kisser, but I don't use it all that much. I'm just not a kisser. I kiss Caroline. I don't ever do that. Never do that. I mean, <laughs> we just gives us both the willies. But uh, we, and then we, we went to get something to eat, and Lindsay went with us, and she got out of her car, and I saw her in the parking lot, and I kissed Lindsay. And she looked at me, and I went, I just kissed you, didn't I? And she said, yes, you did. I'm going to tell you something. I burst out into kiss. You should have been there. I could have withheld on a couple of you, though. I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> Mary sang, God is good to me. She just burst out into song. She couldn't help herself. And what else she sang? God is just and mighty and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty the second stanza of mary's song reminds us of how god has been good to us she said, God is good to me, and God's been good to other people too. The psalmist said that his mercy endures forever, and Mary agreed with the song. The world in which Mary lived was even more divided than the world in which we live, if you can imagine that. The mercy of God would someday demonstrate itself by the strength of God's hand turning upside down the injustices of the day but she's talked about how strong and mighty God is and and let me tell you something that's that's nothing to sneeze at God is strong and mighty God is omnipotent he's omniscient he's omnipresent L let me tell you a couple of things that you need to understand God can do big, big stuff, and he can do it anywhere and at any time and to anyone that he chooses. God can. 
I'm amazed at the touch of God's hand. <clears throat> Nicolette sang so beautifully here today. Nicolette, you just, you always bless our hearts. You really do. She sang so beautifully. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Nicolette and, and uh, Dr. Phillips, I don't know how long y'all been married, but I never one time have said to Brother Larry, get Tom Phillips to sing a solo. We got to hear from him. I think he would, look here, he's walking out just thinking about Tom Phillips singing a solo. You see what kind of effect your singing would have had? Brother Larry, Tom, if Tom sang a solo, it would just be fantastic. That never has crossed my mind. And I get a little sick at my stomach now even thinking about it. But I'm going to tell you something. I love to hear that Nicolette sing. Now, what's the difference in the two of them? Let me show you this. The finger of God. The finger of God touched Nicolette. And she's able to sing. And she's able to bless us. It's just the finger of God. It's his omniscient, omnipotent, sovereign touch. Boom. And Mary sang about that. She said, God is just and mighty, and God can do great, great things. She went on to sing, God is true to Israel. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and, and his offspring forever, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Whether they accepted it or not, God had sent Jesus and was sending Jesus to be their Messiah, and Mary sung about that. Mary had reason to sing of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Now we know what she sang and where she sang it. Here's the most important question. Why was Mary singing? Why did she sing it? Now we flash back to an earlier scene before Mary's song. Let's remember the, the chronology of events, if you will. Zechariah was directed by God in one of the, uh, to be the one directing, offering the incense in the temple. And in doing so, he encountered an angel who told him that he and his wife, both well along in years, were going to be having a baby. And that baby would have a special mission in life. And Zechariah had some doubts, so the angel made him mute until the child was born. And Elizabeth did indeed become pregnant and uh, was a little less than six months along when Mary received a visit that resulted in her trip to see the family. And that is the context of what we're about to read right now. Verse 26 of Luke 1, in the sixth month of, uh, in the, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, same angel that talked to Zechariah, was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house and of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name 
Jesus. And he will be great and will be the son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will, <clears throat> excuse me, of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to uh, the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, before we depart from this message, I want to show you four observations about this passage. First of all, the messenger. The messenger is Gabriel, same same angel that came to see Zechariah. And when he came to Mary, he was, had one, uh, a greeting that set her back a little bit. He called her a favored one, and that the Lord was with her. And that, that set her back just a little bit. <clears throat> it surprised her a little bit that he spoke that of, of her. Now, that was the messenger. Here's the message. Mary, uh, a perfect and a pure virgin, was going to have a baby. And Gabriel goes on and he tells her five things about the baby that is going to confirm that she was highly honored and and highly favored. Let me give you the the five things very quickly. First of all, his name is Jesus. Now he had said to Elizabeth or to Zechariah, your wife's going to have a son. His name's going to be John. Now this son's name, Mary, is going to be Jesus. This child to be born had already existed for eternity. This child to be born already had a lot of other names. What were the other names of Jesus? Well, he was the bread of life, the captain of salvation. He was the cornerstone and the creator. All of those names, Jesus had already been called. He was dayspring and deliverer and the door. Mary's baby was the first and the last. He was the good shepherd. He was the head of the church. He was the holy one. He was Emmanuel. He was the lamb of God. He was the light of the world. He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was king of kings and lord of lords. He was a man of sorrow and Messiah and prince. He was all of this and much more. But Mary was going to call him Jesus. That's who it'd be to marry. Our children are many things. When your children grow and become adults, they become a lot of other things that you're not really a part of every day. They become mothers and fathers. They become professionals. They become responsible citizens. They become Democrats and Republicans. They become hobbyists. They become any number of things. But you still know them by the name you gave them. Everett will always be Everett. Everett. 
Jesse will be a lot of other things. But he will never be so much that you don't remember the first time that you held him and said his name to him. Hello, Everett. Her baby <clears throat> would be called Jesus. Not only would he be called Jesus, but he will be great, she was told. If there was ever an understatement, that was it. He <clears throat> will indeed be great. He will be great encompasses everything, <clears throat> but still does not touch the surface of how great he will be, or he was, or he is. He would be called the Son of the Most High. Now think of that, that he would be called a name that is equal to what she understood, Yahweh. My son is going to be called the Most High like my God is called the Most High my son will be. I can't think of that. Oh, Mary had a lot to sing and she had reason to sing. He will be given the throne of his father David, Gabriel said. And your house and your kingdom shall be made forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever, <clears throat> was said to David in 2 Samuel seven sixteen, And it would be Jesus who would fulfill the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. He would, be, he would be despised and rejected. He came into his own and his own received him not. That wouldn't stop him from being king forever. He was the all-wise God. Let me give you a sixth thing. <clears throat> his kingdom would never end. That's why the rejection of the Jews was bad, but it wasn't fatal. You say, well, it was fatal because he was crucified. Oh, no, he rose again the third day. <clears throat> it wasn't fatal. It was a part of a plan. It wasn't fatal. And, and his <clears throat> kingdom would be established, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And there would, there would be no end to that kingdom. Philippians 2.10 says, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's who this baby's going to be. You got this baby coming, Mary. Why am I going to sing? What am I going to sing? This is why she sang, because of what the angel told her about who this baby was going to be. How many of you saw your your little babies, you ladies, you saw your little babies on a sonogram before the child was born. Would you raise your hand? Was it not just the most magical moment of your life? That's my little baby. That's my little girl. Someday she's going to sit by me in church and be just about as tall as I am. She's going to look like me. But the day that you saw that sonogram was just amazing. You couldn't get it out of your head. <clears throat> you can see that in your mind right now, can't you? Mary had a, <clears throat> a deeply 
moving experience when she was told who this child was going to be. So we see, first of all, the, the message. <clears throat> well, first of all, we see the messenger and then the message. And then very quickly, let's take a look at the mystery. <clears throat> In the Bible, a mystery is a truth not previously known. Look, all of us know about the virgin birth now. All of us do. We all know about it. That had never happened before. Hadn't happened since. A virgin would give a child that was, that was conceived by the eternal God. That was the miracle. The miracle is verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called the Son of God. And so there it is. A lot of great Christmas traditions. I love them. I love them. There aren't many that I do not love. And the new ones I love. I love the elf on the shelf. I love seeing where you guys, you put it on Facebook, where you guys end up putting the elf on the shelf. And if you're a grandparent who doesn't know about the elf on the shelf, go get one and give it to your kids, to your grandkids. I love that tradition. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, what is your favorite Christmas movie? And I like a lot of favorite, a lot of movies. I like uh, White Christmas, even though the song White Christmas was first introduced in a movie called Holiday Inn. But I like White Christmas. But I love, they said, what's your favorite? And I said, any version of, of the Christmas Carol. Any version of it. <clears throat> I like the old ones. I like the new ones. I like the Scrooge McDuck ones. <clears throat> I like all of them. Every single one of them. I like them. And we'll watch them. And we'll get a little misty about it. I like them all. I love the traditions, the tree, the shopping. Santa and, and all of those things. Those traditions are traditions that we enjoy, but I got to tell you this Christmas is about Mary's song and why she sang it. Isaiah said this in chapter 9 and verse 6 For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Is there any wonder that Mary burst into song? You've been listening to the Family Bible Hour, a broadcast ministry of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida, with your speaker, Dr. Randy Ray. You can visit us at North Florida Baptist Church, 3000 North Meridian Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32312. Visit us online at nflchurch.com. Dr. Ray invites you to join him next week for the Family Bible Hour.